What are we going to talk about today? Colouring dogs and it can be fun and all the attention that they get. They're getting a lot of attention. And then, Dr Bob, what are we chatting about today? Possessive aggression. It's my microphone and no one else is having it. These are my dogs, you stay away. That's right. All right, we'll be looking at that and, of course, taking your calls on 2NURFM. Hello, you're listening to Pet Chat. We're here right through until 1 o'clock with our special guest today. You can jump onto our Facebook page and have a look. We do have Venity and Chloe here. These dogs are amazing. You've got to see the colours that are on them. And we do have Chloe, who is a Maltese. Yes, that's right. And we've got Venity, who's a poodle. Yes. And they are beautifully coloured. You can see it at our Facebook page, 2NURFM. But tell us about colouring. It can be a lot of fun colouring your animals. It can be a lot of fun. And we get a lot of requests for colour. Little dogs like Chloe, who's a bit of a princess, their owners like to have some colour in her ears and the tips of her, her hair and her tail. And it's not overdone. It's just a little little splash of colour that makes her get a bit of attention when she's out and about. A bit of a voom. Yes, that's right. Um, and her colour is a permanent colour, so it doesn't wash out. So they don't have to have it topped up a lot. And she gets foils. She's very happy to sit with her foils in while her hair hair colour sets. And she really does enjoy that little bit of extra attention that she gets. She hasn't left that bag that she's in. I can't believe it. She is just lapping it up in there. Yeah, she she is a bit Literally of a... Literally lapping it up. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl's scratching her and she's going... Yeah. <laughs> she's here with her pink bow and her pink ears and she's just having a great time. Yeah. And, you know, not only do we colour little dogs like um, like these little princesses, but we also do colour on dogs. Um, recently I did one for the NRL, you know, the um, how we have the state of origin. Mm-hmm. And somebody wanted to have a state of origin party and their little dog was coloured blue. So that's a lot of fun. And sporting events really do lend themselves for those little mascots to come along and have a bit of colour and enjoy their um, their time supporting their, their particular sports. Absolutely. And Vanity, who's here with us today as well, she's just um, done in dog colour chalk. Now, all of these products that we use are really safe. And I must, uh, you know, emphasise there that we do need to make sure that products that are used on pets are safe and we should never use um, a human product on a dog because obviously these could interfere with their skin. So the the products that I use, we actually get from Japan Ah. and they are... Um, you know, safe for pets. There are some, like vanities, is a chalk, so it's um, not going to last very long. So two washes and that will be out. But, you know, sometimes that's all you need, just something for a particular promotion or something for a bit of fun. Um, with with the dogs, it's it's certainly not cruel, and that's something that um, a lot of people think, oh, it's cruel. But the dogs get a lot of attention when they're coloured. I mean, it's one of those things you'll see people pulling out their mobile phones and asking, to, can they take photographs? Often we get people who stop their cars and say, oh, what's that all about? And so the dogs get a lot of attention, so it really is quite nice. I couldn't believe it when you brought Vanity in today. Everybody in the station was crowded around her. And I mean, we're talking, you know, the men who normally like oh yeah just a dog they were loving her we were all going crazy and and every single phone was out taking yes. photos yes so it was it is truly effective and I mean she looks amazing she's got so many different colours on her with the chalk it's just ridiculous what you can do yeah and you know you can go to an extra level as well you can actually make a dog look like another thing like at the moment we've got one of our other dogs who looks like a giraffe so she's apricot and we've 
made her look like she's got the pattern of a giraffe on her fur. And it really is fun. A lot of people turn little um, bichons into panda bears. That's quite a, a novel novel thing. But there's so many things. If you're a creative groomer, you can really, um, yeah, you can do a lot of things. So it's an art form, really. It is, yeah. It's creative. That's very good. And you're saying the dogs, that they enjoy it. So people that get worried, they, you know, I guess you quickly learn the dogs that are happy to sit there and, and yeah. lap up the attention to the ones that are, you know, maybe not so fast. Yeah, well, you certainly wouldn't be able to do this sort of thing on a puppy because the puppy's <laughs> going to be jumping all around. So, you know, you would make sure that you selected a dog that was suitable to have colour. Um, and always, you know, we always discuss exactly what the, the owner might want. And if it's a bit over the top, I certainly will say, no, no, we need to tone that down a bit. But... Um, it can be fun and as I said the dogs really do enjoy having that extra attention where everybody's talking about them and they're happy wagging their tails so it's it's great fun. So Cheryl when you say permanent colouring mm -hmm. how long does that last? I did one of my dogs for a promotion for um, a particular vet for his book that was being released and um, it lasted hot pink for over 12 months. Yeah? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I got a little bit tired of that much colour that's why I try to say to people <laughs> if you're just beginning try the chalking instead because you know it's a long time to live with colour yeah mm. what about it coming out when they're on furniture and stuff like that or clothes no, uh, the chalking if you set it properly it won't um, so it's all about techniques mm. yeah see all you're, these things I never knew so much Dr. I am I've, as always I've noticed that Vanity uh, has her do I call them fingernails painted? <laughs> yes. Nails are painted a different colour for each one. Yes. Uh, is that a special dog nail polish, Cheryl? It is. And actually, Zara came first in the world doing nail art on dogs. So again, oh, like Dr. Bob just Snaps. said. Yeah. Like Dr. Bob just said, that um, what actually... Um, happens it is a creative form so you need to have some you know some flair there with with being artistic and zara paints all sorts of little things on dogs nails and she's done everything from phone logos to superheroes and yeah on a nail of it i know but it's just another canvas that's microscopic it is and and I can't do it because I don't have any artistic <laughs> bones in my body at all. No, me either. But I'm just so impressed. I mean, Zara's <laughs> clearly got a gift because um, Vanity is just out of this world. The car I've never seen anything like it. Mm, it's fun. It's just like a jigsaw, except it I is. don't know how to put the bits back together. No, yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Look, you are listening to Pet Chat. We would love to hear from you. If you've got any questions, concerns about your animals, we do have Dr. Bob on standby. And then a little later on today, we're going to be looking at possessive aggression, which a lot of our, our animals can get, right, Dr. Bob? Especially around food or toys or beds, even their owners. And yeah, sometimes just doorways or not letting the other animal in the house past them and that sort of thing. So I guess it's a little bit about education as well, knowing when, you well, know, there's there trouble language. coming. Yeah. Okay. yeah, interesting stuff. It's Charlie with you. We've got Cheryl Shaw, Dr. Bob, and we've got some special guests in the studio too. You can see them on our Facebook page. But we do have a call coming through. And from Curry, you've got a question for Cheryl, I believe, about colouring? Uh, yes, we've got a four-year-old Maltese issue and we put colour in her hair, in the top of her hair, pink and purple chalk. Yes. And the lady that grooms her um, paints her na nails purple. Um, we were thinking about not using the chalk in her hair, 
getting someone to put the permanent colour in her hair. Yeah, that's that's possible to have that done instead of the chalk. That's not a problem. Your groomer will be able to do that for you. Because the chalk only lasts a day or two or three. And everyone that sees her up the street, she's she's done this since she was old enough to have chalk in her hair. Everyone wants to know where's the little dog with the pink hair. <laughs> yes. She's famous. She's, she's got a following. And I would dearly love to see your little ones you've got in the studio, but we don't have Facebook or anything. Oh, like. that's a pity. Oh, you're going to have to get out to the uni within 30 minutes to, to check them out. <laughs> well, get, get your groomer to put some colour, permanent colour in your dog's hair for you. Good luck with that. Yeah, good one, Anne. We are taking your calls, and we've got Dr Bob on standby too, so if you've got any questions today... Four nine two one six two one six. We would love to hear from you. A little later on, we are going to be looking at dogs and possessive aggression. And of course, we've got to do our pet of the week. And we've got Bear today. Bear probably couldn't be coloured. You can see him at our new look fa- uh, website, which is two nurfm dot com. Colour there? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that'll yeah, definitely. He's he's a blue cattle coolie. Yes, interesting colour pattern, but I'm sure he could have extra ones and look like a cheetah. Oh, I like it, Dr. <laughs> You're getting creative, Dr. Hyena, I mean. A hyena. hyena? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, all this to come on Pet Chat. Now, Dr. Bob, today we are talking about possessive aggression with our animals. Yes, the problem is that sometimes animals get very possessive of certain things. So food is the most likely thing. The higher valued um, items of food are certainly raw bones Mm. and then meat and then maybe uh, raw hide or a pig's ear, then dry um, canned food, then dry food. So there's a distinct hierarchy in that as well. So sometimes they'll be possessive more of one thing and not the other. With food aggression, it's really important to just stay away from them don't try and change them because that's who they are this is their basic personality and if you try and change it too much you end up actually teasing them by trying to say no don't react don't react no no and the whole thing gets out of control so so it's quite a natural way for them to react and we should just let them let them be it's a deep brain instinct it comes out in in particular personality type so you give them their food you put them in the laundry you close the door yep. you feed them 10 minutes three times a day and and then you just yeah try and make sure nothing drops on the floor so they don't get a bit iffy about that it is one of the most difficult um behaviors to modify if it is really a, a major problem but if you manage it appropriately it's not a, not an issue so toys can also be an issue so oh, yes. particular tennis ball one dog might control the tennis balls the other dog controls the bears or the kongs or something so it's very fascinating watching what they think is special and why it's special <laughs> it's <laughs> some things i just can't explain and so they might like a particular toy a particular color you get a new one of that one because it's destroyed and they just totally ignore it yep. or they they you know, keep that one for two years and then rip up, rip it up on one day. It's just, it's so fascinating. It's so my dog keeps stealing my son's toys at the moment. That sort of yeah, competition and rivalry between the two-legged and four-legged. Mm. So, um, but really, kids play with dog toys or human toys. So it's not really a major issue. And if they do hoard them, so they take their toys back to the pet bed, 
you know where they all are anyway, yes, as yes. long as your son doesn't go into that pet bed and try and take them back. So. Yeah, correct. And it can be, as I said, particular areas that they will guard. So it might be access to the owner, it might be the owner's lounge chair, it might be the corridor that leads up to a particular place. So you've got to be really careful. And, and every day I find I'm explaining the underlying reasons behind what the animal is doing. People see it and they might observe it, but they don't understand what's going on. Okay. And so my job, I guess, is to say, yes, they really are about to have a bit of a tiff there. They're going to fight over that position, so whistle-click and interrupt them, move them to neutral corners. And as people say to me when I'm doing seminars, why don't you have pictures of lots of dogs fighting? Well, my job is really to try and prevent that from happening when I'm there. And it is about anticipation. So you see what the animals might do, you're not sure, so you interrupt it before it progresses to actual aggression. And there's a whole lot of threat and challenge that goes on. I bet. So what are some of the main signs, Dr Bob, to watch out for if your dog's starting to get a little possessive, possessive of food or toys? It's just that they will stand very close to it and they won't be free-flowing and relaxed. They'll actually be quite tight and tense in the way they stand. Their hand, head might be slightly lowered. Their mouth might be closed. Their ears might be very forward or a long way back, um, depending on whether it's uh, offensive or defensive and aggression. And so the tail may be up and curled like a scorpion or it may be tucked and underneath. But often they will stand with their front paws either side of that valued object. Right. Or they might back their body or backside towards you as you get closer. So there's all these little things that I guess people see, but then they keep going. So if you see it change, you stop, you freeze, you reassess. And if it looks okay, you keep going. If not, then you distract to something else. Don't step inside what is a critical distance where that dog or cat may actually react to your presence. And that may be just a bit of a growl or it might be... It might escalate or whatever. It's just lots of different ways and depends on the personality, the breed, the type as to how they'll express that. Some animals won't give you any warning. So the guarding dog types will sort of freeze and... I say to people, they're not sure what they're going to do, so yeah. so don't ask them to make a decision to so attack. So is it best to, to back off, are you saying, or to try to distract? It's to stay still. The most important thing is the more you are moving, the more a dog, being very movement-focused, is more likely to react and oh, okay. run and chase. So as we say to children, stand still like a post, fold your arms across your chest, look slightly down, never turn your back to an animal because you don't know what it's doing. Side on, so you minimise body size, well, except when you're pregnant, but I guess that's... <laughs> it. Sorry, I didn't say that. It would feel very threatened if I stood side on, let me tell you that. <laughs> but that might be a good distraction. Uh, so you're trying to diffuse the situation and if you're not diffusing it by staying still, then you back away and behind a partial back barrier, a chair, a door, even a towel, just as a partial barrier, not flapping it about, but just holding it still. Okay. And then retreat away from that situation. The problem with blokes is teasing gene on the Y chromosome, we don't know when to stop, we keep on pushing and threatening until it reacts. So blokes are much more likely to be bitten on the hand because we go inside that critical space or distance around the animal that's defending right. a highly valued resource. 
So I guess, Dr. Bob, um, once well, the dogs that do show signs, you've mentioned there's some that won't give yes. any signals off, but I guess once um, you start looking out for them, they probably become quite obvious. You can kind of pick them up more quickly and, and, partly and react. Our, our animals are observing us the whole time and we need to observe them. We need to try and talk and understand what they are trying to say to us and... Yeah, meet them where they're at, and it's about mutual respect. Is that you snoring there, Cheryl, or is it someone else? I think it might be Chloe. <laughs> She's sound asleep, isn't she? <laughs> the calm voice of a... Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I think it I is. thought it was interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, she really liked your topic today, Dr. Bob. Look, we are taking your calls, 49216216. We've got John on the line. He's at Fennel Bay. Uh, John, what's your question for Dr. Bob? Uh, Dr. Bob, I have um, bindies down the back. Uh, last year I sprayed them with vinegar because, uh, you know, I eat it so it won't hurt the dogs. Yep. It killed everything, bindies, grass, the whole lot. Yep. Is there something you can buy that you can spray for them that won't hurt the dog? That's an interesting question. I think it would be best to ask a gardening person at your local right. gardening store. They would have an idea. Um, Scott Sharp should be able to, yes, to answer that Yeah, one. you might be able to pass that on for us. Yeah, Sarah. absolutely. It's my last day today. Look, yeah. don't ask too much of me. No. But, but, yeah, I was, I was watching Gardening Australia the other day and it was saying really some of the weeds, we just have to manually, the best way to get them out is to just dig them out because you actually get the whole root, any nodules that might be under there, um, Unless you can specifically train your dog to target the weeds, which I've never seen anybody being able to do, but... Might be a little bit hard. And also, I've got two dogs. They eat a bit of grass down there. That's why I was worried about spraying yes. them with anything. Yep. Why do they eat grass so much? You know, sometimes they're really into it and other times they're just nibbling. So. It's a very interesting thing, something I started to observe and um, feedback from people as I first started doing this job 20 years ago. In my opinion, it can be worms. It can be an upset tummy. Sometimes it can be some, um, yes, the food that came through, irritable bowel disease possibly. But in my opinion, there's a high anxiety factor to dogs eating grass. Ah. The more anxious the animal, the more likely it is to eat grass on a daily basis. They often choose a specific type of grass. So as you said, John, be very careful of spraying weed spray where they might be picking up those, those longer seeding grasses on the side yep. of the fence. And it is partly, yeah, good fun, or they can learn it by um, observational learning. The other dog starts doing it, so this dog starts doing it. But that also could be the second dog observing the first dog's anxiety. But it's something over the last 20 years that the more anxious the animal, the more likely it is to eat grass. The more we manage and modify their behaviour, the less it eats the grass. Wow, that's really interesting. It is fascinating. I didn't realise that. No, it's no, not in the literature either. So Okay, there you go. You learn so much on Pet Chat. We're going to have a very quick break and then we're going to come back with Brenda from Barnsley. Now, I, I don't envy Brenda. She's got a, a kitten that she's trying to feed tablets to and it's getting very aggressive. Oh, it's a tough job. But we, we are going to give you some advice, Brenda, next on 2NURFM. Welcome to Brenda from Barnsley. Now, you've got a predicament, a six-month-old kitten and you need to give uh, him or her tablets but... Not liking it so much. No, yes, he's six months old and he's the cutest, cuddliest little kitten you'd ever want. From the day he arrived, he was really snuggly and stuff. And I thought giving him tablets, I didn't even think about it. But he just goes like a feral, um, spits and scratches. Uh, I've wrapped him up in a blanket. <laughs> I've put his food and I've ground it up and put it in his food. 
Um, and even when he was at the vet, we, that's when we first tried to give him a worm tablet and that ended quite badly, three tablets all over the place and we thought, oh, he's just upset, we'll be able to do it when we get home. Oh. And I I haven't and, and now, of course, he's got fleas and I tried to spray him with a spray um, and I came off quite badly, I have to say. Oh, no. But it's a really sweet, snuggly kitten. Like, it's just a transformation. It, it is, unfortunately. They very much, some animals will be more sensitive. Again, as I was talking about anxious animals before, they have a higher personal space. They don't like to be held or to be firmly restrained. And once you start doing that firm restraint, you don't have much time. The key to tableting is, um, I learnt this one a long time ago, and it's to put a little bit of water in their mouth first. So just syringe, a meal or something in their mouth, providing you have all of the sharp bits restrained, and then use a pill popper. There's no point using fingers. Pill poppers, $10 worth every cent in save fingers. Ah. And then a second dose of water so the tablet actually gets down. Now, having said that, Brenda, you're saying yes, but I can't get near it enough to get the... <laughs> that's, that's If you can restrain it. There are some really good... Um, there's a little clip on the on the interweb. I've forgotten what it's exactly called, but it's Sophia Yin, and it's called a security cat wrap, I think. Okay. And so what it is, it's wrapping the towel in a particular way, so it actually contains all of the the feet and nails, um, and you just have to have then hold the head, secure the head, point the nose towards the ceiling, the water, the tablet, the water. Um, it is if the yeah if the vet, the vet used three tablets and no doubt there would have been some scratches involved there and and it is unfortunately there's just some of these animals that um, are just very very difficult to dose it does as you said the cat's very cuddly the kitten but they just once they go past that point of no return there's really no chance the difficulty with cats is they do stay aroused for up to twenty four to forty eight hours. Oh. Whereas dogs, I guess similar to blokes, you know, half an hour and they've forgotten what was going on. <laughs> yeah. um, but with cats, they, yeah, they know when you reach for that particular cupboard. They, they are... Do. Like I, I sprayed him with the flea stuff and I got a few sprays on him and even though he was happy to come back and say hello to me, you could tell he was... Very, he was watching. <laughs> very <laughs> wary. Yeah, so it's probably better to use one of the applicator things. You can actually get, uh, it is two or three times the cost of the worm tablets, but you can get a spot on on the back of their neck shoulders that you can put on that does um, hook round and tape worm. The other thing for fleas would be a, a, a spot on type um, treatment that you put on in one application. You groom, 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 sneak the spot on out of your pocket, put it on, then give them some treats or some food. So you associate the whole process with something that's nice so hopefully the cat remembers good things and being aware that when it is cuddling up to you it may be also just manipulating you and lulling you into a false <laughs> sense of security <laughs> so cats are just so fascinating their personalities are amazing they but are. we need to yeah respect them for their abilities to and in fact you know it hasn't actually again been recorded in the scientific literature but when you're dosing a cat for a tablet, they actually have five legs and five sets of claws. <laughs> you might think you have four restrained, but there's a fifth one that comes out and just, yeah, it does some interesting creative art on your on your hands okay. or face. And they're far too smart to hide their food, uh, the tablets in the food too. They, they smell them. Away. There's no point. They yeah. have an incredible sense of smell. So you 
can try um, cashew spread, Nutella, peanut butter, honey, um, ice cream, icing sugar, or is, is there, you know, a <laughs> whole range of things that people have told Condensed me. Condensed milk. That's it, yeah, a whole range of different things, but they will know the tablet's there. Yep. Now, we need to do our pet of the week. This is our dog rescue, and today we've got Bear. Now, Bear's an active 10-month-old Cooley Cross Blue Cattle Pup. You can look at him. Oh, oh. Oh, we've got the dogs barking. There you go. Right on cue. Good on you, Chloe. That's that's awesome. See, we, we didn't make it up. They really are here. And you can look at it at <laughs> our website. I was playing with one and not the other one. Yeah, and the, Dr. And Bob was having I, a game. I that's think right. that was a, was that a and bit Chloe of And Chloe was upset. That, no, Chloe was, was jealous that I was playing with uh, Vanity it's and not her. It's all right, Chloe. You're beautiful, It was darling. terrible, wasn't it? Now, if you want to go check out our, our dog, Bear, you can at our website. Now, look, he's energetic. He's a playful boy, so he needs an active family. Family, um, someone who loves walking, jogging, the great outdoors, uh, and he, he really excels in agility, endurance, and dog sports. So you need space. So whether you've got a big backyard, perhaps a little hobby farm, but you do need to make sure you have that space. And he goes really well with other animals. So yeah, he's a nice-looking dog. Thing. He is a good-looking dog. Mm. He's very nice. Go and have a look. And yes, we do have uh, one final call. We're going to go to Frank. Frank, how can we help you this afternoon? Oh, you can't help me, Charlie. Oh. What I'm what I'm doing, this is for you and you alone, Charlie. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> On behalf of all the listeners, which are quite a few, uh, all the best, darling. Oh, thank you. That's Frank. lovely. Oh, that was really lovely. I, th- I was expecting a question and that was beautiful. Well, thank that... you so much. And it's very true, Sarah. Yes. You've done um, very well. Yeah, and, and hurry back. I will. Look, I'm only off for six months this time, so we'll, we'll, have, we'll have the bubble. We'll do what we've got to do and we'll get back, okay? We'll count the days. <laughs> oh, good um, on you, Frank. Thank you so much. That's a okay. beautiful call to get. Thank you. Bye, Dale. Oh, look, I'm, I'm all blushing oh, now. Wasn't that lovely? That was really it lovely. It is, and it's the people appreciate, yeah. Well, look, I've just got to say thank you to you all for coming in today, uh, Cheryl, Dr. Bob, Zara, and bringing our special guests. We've got Chloe and we've got Vanity, it's been a great pet chat. It has. And that's about all we've got time for, though, today. Well, thank you. That's okay, but we have put the um, Sophia Yin cat wrap, uh, towel wrap, up on the website for you for later. Yes, we're going to chuck that up because we're talking about that earlier and a lot of people will benefit from that. So make sure you go have a look. And, of course, Pet Chat, it is back next week. um, And I think Dave Cochran will be stepping in.